Hello and welcome to Diane Lake's podcast, Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Our show teaches you how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purpose to manifest in the earth. Welcome to the second Thursday morning session of the Prophetic Impact Tour, which was held April 26th to 29th, 2023 in Missoula, Montana. In this episode, you'll hear from Vance Russell. Vance is the Western Region Director for Christian International Ministries. The session topic, Honoring the Holy Spirit. Let's get started. Well, we're going to move right on into our next session. Since the presence of the Lord is here, we don't have to walk in the rocket right now. So, Apostle Vance and Debbie are great friends of ours. They head up to the West Region for Christian International. Bishop Hammond, uh, we have about 800 ministers in the U.S. currently, and we have 11 regional leaders. So our regional leaders are the cream of the crop, all right, uh, that we have at CI. And Vance and Debbie took over the West Region several years ago, and uh, I've just seen great increase, the blessing of the Lord, and it's happened a lot through great relationships that they've built. Uh, with many ministers, you know, our CI ministers are not uh, stamps, cookie-cutter kind of stamps. Everyone has unique visions, totally different than others, uh, but all are really knit together with the heartbeat of the apostolic and prophetic. Uh, and so I'm just going to invite Apostle Vance to come and just release what he has in his heart today. And there was a slogan that was going around. It 
perspective. You remember any of that? Well, that's what I feel this morning, is that we need to make that our motto for the kingdom. We need to ex expect what we don't believe, amen, or what we what we've hoped for. We need to expect it. You know, um, there's a saying that um, many have said that we are living in the best of times, but also the worst of times. And you know, the world is crumbling. It's falling apart. But we are Christians. We are believers. And we are living in the best days. God chose us to live during this season. And what an honor. Because we are seeing God began to stand up and come onto uh, the earth and touch earth with his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. The Holy Spirit is moving. I want to be a part of it. I don't know about you. I want to be a part of it. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. And I don't mean just, just gee, I feel better. I want to see God do abundantly more than what I even expect. This is the season of anticipation. This is the season where we need to pull down heaven and bring it to earth. Amen. God is so good, folks. He is so good. He's never failed us. He's never forsaken us. And he never will. He never will. Amen. So I am stirred in my heart this morning. I want to be all that I can be for the kingdom. I want to be all that I can be for the Lord, and I know you do too. So we're blessed to be here. It's good to have Laura and Roy Harris here from Washington. They're our Washington coordinators, and we appreciate you being here today. Yeah. <laughs> 
this man was talking about Jesus, and I thought, well, who's he? And uh, all of a sudden, something hit me, and I fell backward, and I was on the floor, and a light shone on my face, and I began to speak in tongues. Didn't have a clue what that was. And uh, I was out for over two hours. Speaking in tongues with a light shining on my face. And I thought, this is weird. <laughs> so finally they, they they got me up off the floor, and then I was as drunk as a new dad. I couldn't walk. It was, I mean, it was just amazing. And so about an hour and a half later, on the way home. Uh, my cousin was explaining to me what happened. And of course, uh, in the midst of all that, I gave my heart to Jesus. I said, I don't know who you are, but I accept you in my heart. And uh, we got home about 1 o'clock in the morning. And I went into my father's bedroom, and they were asleep, of course. And, and uh, I turned on the light. <laughs> and my dad sat up in the middle of the bed he said what what are you doing boy and I said well dad I went to this meeting and I received this guy by the name of Jesus into my heart and I began to speak in this tongue and I said I don't know what that was he got out of his bed he knelt down and gave his heart back to the Lord. My stepmother had backslidden. She slid out of the bed and gave her heart to the Lord. And next time I called my family and I told them, they all gave their heart to the Lord and served the Lord to this day, except for my mother, who's gone on to glory. But the Holy Spirit moved on me. And I had no idea what he was doing. Have you ever had that kind of incident? Where the Holy Spirit moves and you're going, what happened? I want you to know that God's getting ready to do something in your life today. And it's going to come from left field. I uh, have been telling my church this many times that, you know, when you receive a prophetic word, sometimes you from a human perspective, believe that it's going to happen a certain way. Have you ever noticed that it never happens a certain way? It always comes from left field. And God always slaps us across the face like with a frozen fish, wakes us up to a new dimension of what he's trying to accomplish. And we never assume that it's going to come from that direction. I think that's an amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. Amen? So let's get to this message today. Now, I'm a teacher, so I hope you'll be able to receive. I don't spit white matter when I minister. So just uh, hang in there with me. And I, I think periodically the Holy Spirit's going to move on me to prophesy out a few people. I know I have a word for Kingsley. And I have a word for uh, Alan Diane. And I'm excited about what God has in store for, for you three. 
When the church was established on the day of Pentecost, a new work began. The Holy Spirit came with the sound of a mighty rushing wind and settled upon the believers with tongues, Acts 2-3, releasing Peter to preach the gospel, the gospel message of which 3,000 people responded. Did they expect that? No. Came from left field, didn't it? This event literally ushered in a new season, a new wineskin, if you will. The launching of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was new, it was radical, and it was completely inspired by the Lord. Quite frankly, the outpouring of the Lord's presence that, uh, that began to happen will cause both the early church, now this is something that I'm, I'm prophesying right now, and I'm prophesying this to you as well, that what they experienced in the early church was dynamic, but what we're about to experience in the third great awakening will eclipse what they experienced. And we have to be in proper alignment for that. There has to be something that begins to awaken within the church body. You know, I say all the time that people sit in their pews, and I define pews as a stinky place. That's why they call them pews, because they stink. we got to get people out of the pew. we got to get them motivated into a new place with the Holy Spirit. So one feature of the Holy Spirit is that he comes as fire. I saw fire fall in this place. Fire is about to fall. And it comes to work something deep within the innermost being of you and I. He offers us transformation that will shape us spiritually. So that we are not shaped by the world system or satanic powers. Hallelujah. As fire, he works in a specific way to probe the inner recesses of our life, refining us as gold or silver. He then tempers our character, implementing a purifying fire that burns out all adversity. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit being a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. Find that in Isaiah 4, 4. Judgment has to do with deliverance. I said judgment has to do with deliverance. In the way the judges of Israel led people out of bondage. Amen. The Holy Spirit coming like fire burns away any binding grip that the enemy has imposed upon you and I. What is more, the Holy Spirit loves messes. You know, pastors don't like messes. Debbie and I like messes. Because we know when the mess is happening, Holy Ghost is moving. And I have a scripture that supports that. Genesis 1-2. 
this ain't this. But that form, it was void. It was a mess. And it was darkness was over the face of the deep. Yeah. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I want you to remember that hovering. It's hovering right now in our midst. When he hovers, he's getting ready to create. At creation, as the Lord's Spirit was lingering over the formless emptiness, the mess, the Holy Spirit transformed the earth from that mess to magnificence. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does, you know. He takes a mess and turns it into magnificence. Thank you, Jesus. To this day, that is precisely how Holy Spirit operates. So the most basic answer to the question, how does the Holy Spirit move? He hovers. It's like a big helicopter. He hovers. Amen. And he stays over us until he creates something fresh and new. Thank you, Dave. We need to make it a point to honor the Holy Spirit. We must welcome him into our homes, our churches, and into our hearts. Amen? We should acknowledge him as God on the earth today. I want you to know that a lot of people say, well, I, I think the Holy Spirit is a good thing, and I think I would serve him, and if I was to be, if he was to be crucified, or if Jesus was to be crucified, I would stand on Jesus' side. No, you are a liar. You would not stand on the side of Jesus. Very few did. Maybe John, John, maybe Mary. I don't know. But you and I probably would not. So the Holy Spirit is the God on the earth today. Do you honor him? Well, I say I would honor him. I would honor Jesus, right? But do we really honor the Holy Spirit? Do we see him as God on the earth today? As John the Beloved wrote, but he, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. John 16, 13. When we welcome the Lord, the Holy Spirit, we need to recognize him not only as our guest, but also as the owner of all we possess. When we open the door to him, he's not making a guest appearance. He owns the place. He owns the place. The Holy Spirit is also an equipper. As we ask for his presence, we must seek to be equipped by him continually so that we can accomplish his 
as he gives us himself. But he wants us to petition. He wants us to ask him for assistance. When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to help you? Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> Jesus put it this way in Luke 11, 9 through 13 in the New King James Version. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, Apostle Gail. Seek and you will find not and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, for everyone who asks receives. You asked the Holy Spirit for something recently? Hmm? You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, <coughs> it will be open. Now suppose one of your fathers <coughs> is asked, why his son, asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a scorpion. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit will not give us a counterfeit gift. And he will never give us too little, nor will he give us too much. He gives us just what we As we are all aware, we may never receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because how can you receive the fullness of something that is beyond your comprehension? But he will increase our capacity to receive the overflow of his anointing. Hallelujah. He will open new areas in our hearts and expand it forevermore. Thank you. Sometimes, you know, in our journey with the Spirit of the Lord, we may feel as though He's doing open heart surgery on us. Have you ever had that feeling? Boy, howdy. I went through five years, consecutive years, of intensified deliverance. The big issues that God delivered me from, and He's still helping me, is insecurity, betrayal, and abandonment. You know what I found that in the midst of that deliverance process that I still experience rejection, betrayal, abandonment, insecurities. But did you know what the Holy Spirit did for me, Kingsley? He gave me the power to overcome it. So, you know, when rejection tries to come, I just laugh at it. And I'll just step out of the way and say, go find a pig or a dog or something. You know, you can deal with that with me. It ain't going to happen. So that's the whole essence of what deliverance does. But I hear people all the time say, well, I want to go to a deliverance ministry so that I can be, that demons can be cast out. And so I can live a normal life. Well, my answer to that is, you may never have all of your demons cast out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit 
wants to help you in the midst of your trouble. That's true deliverance. Amen? So I know I'm probably touching something there that's a white cow, but we'll, we'll move on. So how do we seek his presence? How do we seek the Lord's presence? We need to woo him. We need to invite him. Right, Pastor? Absolutely. Yeah. We must create an atmosphere through prayer and worship that draws him. Amen. That's a very important statement. We have to worship and pray. And as we do that, we are aligning ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, he begins to move. Oh, he begins to hover. And when he hovers, he's starting to create. And when he creates, it's magnificent. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt for me personally, my life was a life that lived on Mars and my wife's life lived on Venus. <laughs> we were two ends of the spectrum. Bishop, when he prophesied to us when we were ordained, he said, Bates and Debbie, he said, I looked at Michael and Gabriel and I said, are they going to make it? <laughs> and Gabriel said to the Lord, only you know, Lord. <laughs> well, as a man, I want you to know that you need to listen to your wife. Oh, Apostle Vance, you better shut up. Well, let me help you with something. I'm going to make this very short. We were new in Christianity, and I always had this dream, you know, of preaching. And this gentleman came up to me and he said, Vance, I want you to go with me. We were living in Nacogdoches, Texas. And he said, I want you to go with me to Mount Enterprise, and I want you to help me minister to the people there. He said, would you like that? I said, yes, absolutely, we'll go. Didn't talk to my wife about it. You didn't do that back then. So I went to my wife and I said, I can't believe it. 
gospel. And then another ambulance. And I thought, well, that's strange. And then I got a telephone call. And I answered, and I said, hello. And they said, Vance. And I said, yes. You're not with Dwayne and Elizabeth? I said, no. They had a head-on collision on the way to Mount Enterprise. Elizabeth and Crystal were killed. The little girl that they picked up when we said we wouldn't go was a big Christian. She was killed. The only ones left was a little daughter and the husband. And I would have been in that front seat and I would not have been here today had it not been my silly wife <laughs> telling me we're not going. So then I want you to know you need to listen to your wives. They have an intuitiveness about them, and a sensitivity of the Spirit of God, and you need to listen to them. Hallelujah. So we have to create an atmosphere through prayer and worship that draws the Lord. It's a place where we give him complete liberty, complete liberty to achieve whatever he wants to do. I speak that to pastors, and I say, drop your religious spirit. Open the door to the Holy Spirit. Don't come in with an agenda let the Holy Spirit be the agenda. So once we welcomed him into our innermost being, let him take charge. I do not do anything without going to Father saying, Daddy, is this okay? Are you going to bless it? Because if you're not, I have nothing to do with it. Amen. When we allow him to take full control, then he will discover, or we will discover, true liberty. We'll find that the Holy Spirit takes control of our de of the deeds of human nature, and then he converts it into a spiritual wonder. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 proclaims now, The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, are you being transformed? Yes. Into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Listen, when He changes us, we're going to like the results. You may not like the process that He takes you through to get you to the results but if you'll be patient and let him help you through the issues, you'll like the results, I promise you it's not always easy to align with the Holy Spirit who comes and goes like a gentle breeze yes he does but we can depend on the Holy Spirit's promise uh, to help us follow him as he reveals his perfect ways. Before Jesus returned to the Father, 
He reassured his disciples that he would provide for them. Well, let me tell you, when the Holy when the Lord tells you he's going to provide for you, go ahead and take that to the bank. It's going to happen. Amen. He reassured them that he would provide for them. And then three years, they walked closely with him. But soon, he was going to be taken away. Jesus talked to them about what was next. And he told them, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Is he your helper? Yes. Oh, God. So good, Father. You can find that in John 16, 7. Somehow the spirit of truth about whom the disciples knew very little. You know, it was like that suddenly that came down on the day of Pentecost. They had no idea what that was all about. Hello? Came out of left field, didn't it? Hallelujah. As we now know what happened on the day of Pentecost, what happened on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, the newly Spirit-baptized believers began to apply the principles of how the Holy Spirit moved and functioned. Wow. By paying attention, are you paying attention? Would you stand to your feet? Give me five jumping jacks. <laughs> Get that blood sucking in. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not going to get asleep. All right. You feel better? Come on. You may be seated. By paying attention, they were able to flow with him any place in the world. To this day, those of us who follow Jesus can only do so because of the Holy Spirit. End of story. I'm coming to the first of ten closes. <laughs> I can appreciate that. <laughs> would you put your phone on your cord, please? I have a word for you, sir. I like to be accountable for my words because they shouldn't be for me, they should be for the Holy Spirit. Ready? Kingsley, the Spirit of the Lord says, Son, there have been areas where you walked in the Spirit, and it's almost like you were walking in the fiery stones of heaven with me. And the Lord says that I want you to know that I'm pleased with you, that I love you, and that my love has been proven time and time again for you, even through every circumstance, every situation, every trying time, every tribulation, every trauma, everything that has happened in your life to this point. I've shown my love to you. I've been with you. I've guided you. 
I've helped you. I've imparted to you. I've given you strength when you didn't have it. But the Spirit of God says now we're in a new season. We're coming into a whole new dimension of power and authority. And God says that I'm getting ready to download to you revelation that I'll give you the opportunity to share through a book. And in this book will be insight about how my spirit moves and functions among men and women. I'm going to begin to connect you with higher places, new uh, individuals, new introductions. Uh, I, the Lord says, son, you just have to get ready. What I heard the Holy Spirit actually tell me was that you need to buckle up because I'm getting ready to take you on the ride of your life. The Lord says that you lost your mom and your dad, and it was a great loss. But God says they're with me, and they're worshiping with me. And God says, I don't want you to be concerned or worried. Any longer, it's over. You're in a new place. And the Lord told me to tell you that the good blessings, the generational blessings from your father and mother are now passed down to you. And there's a double anointing, a triple anointing that's coming upon you in a dynamic way. And the Lord says, son, in the days to come, I'm going to visit you. And when I say those things, I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm saying to you, son, that I'm actually going to reveal myself to you through dreams and visions, visitations of my presence, my glory. It's going to begin to shine through your life. God says, I'm building the character. I'm destroying those things that would hold you back. And I want you to look up these from this day forth and see the miracle that I'm about to achieve in your life, says the King of glory. Thank you, Father. So the Holy Spirit is our life-giving source, you know. He's the one who brings us into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that reveals Jesus in us. Amen? He makes true disciples of us because he's interested in maturing our character, interested in maturing our character. Your character's out of whack. Holy Spirit is going to start making some adjustments. You may not like them, but the result will be fabulous.
Holy Spirit convicts, He persuades, He persuades, He provokes, He shepherds, and He guides us to the life source of our precious Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome our fears. How many people have fears? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> and He'll stretch us many times beyond our mental restraints. Moving us to testify to his love and his tender mercies. Everybody okay out there? Yes. You know, I love you. I may not know you, but I love you. Now, the character of the Holy Spirit becomes essential to our gaining an understanding of what he is like. Not only in our objective way of analyzing truth, but also in a subjective way that causes him to pierce our hearts. We need him to pierce us. When we walk, when we talk about the Holy Spirit as rain, the purpose is not to think of him as rain. The purpose is to get us wet with his presence. God have mercy. I don't know if you're feeling this, but the Holy Spirit is so strong right now to share with you. It's just the most precious thing in the whole wide world. If you're not feeling it, please raise your hands and receive the impartation right now, please. So the Lord said that he will send rain to those who are thirsty for him. Are you thirsty for me? Scripture. 
prophets, priests, and kings are offices to which many are called. Are you a prophetic people? That's the question that you must answer. There are times when the Holy Spirit will give us words of comfort, exhortation, or sensitive counsel to share with others. Have you ever been in a situation where you've shared something from your heart to someone and it was revelation to them and you're looking at them like, I don't know what I just said, that I think it touched your heart. I love that, you know. That's the true sign. That the Holy Spirit is operating through your life. So, how does the Lord move in our midst? Power of the Lord may fill the area with an invisible but discernible thick cloud. Get ready, Pastor. There's going to be a thick cloud of God's presence. It's going to come to this house. It's coming. Like a freight. The power of the Lord may fill the air with an invisible thick cloud. As the priest came out of the inner sanctuary, a cloud filled the temple of the Lord. A cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priest could not continue. You will not be able to continue, Pastor, in your normal routine because the power of God is going to come in a manifest way. It sometimes causes people to fall suddenly on their face in total adoration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For instance, Ezekiel declared, I rose and went out into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory which I saw by the river Shabar, and I fell on my face. You're going to fall on your face. Paul also had a singular experience as he journeyed. He came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. Can't stand in the presence of God. You can't do it. The glory of God is going to cause you to move in places and do things you've never done before. I don't do those things. You better watch out. <laughs> Boy, will the Holy Spirit show you different. The power of God also causes some to be so overwhelmed that they fall back. When Jesus identified himself to those who came with Judas to arrest him, they drew back and fell to the ground. They drew back and fell to the ground. Now, with, if you were there, and the presence of God was so powerful that they drew back and fell to the ground, wouldn't you think you might want to rethink your position? <laughs> Holy cow. John says in Revelation 1.17, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. Hallelujah. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. As a matter of fact, the power of God sometimes puts people to sleep. Oh, no, you're not lazy. I can affirm this in Scripture, Genesis 2, 21. 
The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And all that he does, the Holy Spirit never moves contrary to the written scripture. Period. He complements and does not compete with the Bible's instructions. That's why it's vitally important that we know the Word of God. If you're not studying the Bible, get to it. We would do well to store up in our hearts the Bible so that we have a functioning plumb plum light in our lives. Then when something comes into us in our lives, we can see it if we can see if it aligns with the Word of God or not. We can verify or adjust our understanding of our visitations. We can activate our spiritual gifts confidently and skillfully. And we can enjoy the journey when the Holy Spirit begins to move. He's so The glory of God. Would you stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit? Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show and also please rate and review it on iTunes because your positive review helps us reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter there and you can also donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with all of our social media sites there. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.